This episode is brought to you by Fleximize, a multi-award winning digital business lender dedicated to providing UK SMEs with flexible finance done properly. Welcome back to Portman Road. Burns, trying to find Jackson. It's Caden Jackson. It's 2-0. Herdin by Freddie Ndapo. Towards Colin Chaplin. Jack Taylor, 25 yards out. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the official Ipswich Town podcast, sponsored by Fleximize. It's a special episode this week as we're joined by Jason Schechterly, a man who has become a familiar figure, an important part of the Ipswich Town family over the last 18 months. Many of you will know Jason's story very well. He's a former Phoenix police officer who suffered significant burns after his patrol car was hit by a vehicle in March 2001. Against all the odds, he miraculously survived and is a truly inspirational man battling through a gruelling recovery period, returning to work and subsequently forging a successful second career as a public speaker. He's a member and beneficiary of PSPRS, the Arizona-based pension fund, which is the club's ultimate majority shareholder, and is a man who truly embodies the running towards adversity mantra. It's myself, Andy Warren, and Jacob Henderson stepping in on hosting duties this week, and it was an absolute pleasure to be joined by Jason to discuss his visit to the club over the last few days and look back at the weekend victory over Plymouth Argyle. Let's get to it. Jason, thank you for joining us on the official Ipswich Town podcast. We've reached episode 10. Um, We're delighted to have you. How are you doing? Ah, I'm doing wonderful. You know, I love being here, and uh, thank you for having me on this episode 10. That's uh, congratulations for getting that going and uh, I love everything about the new uh, from last year town tv and everything uh, makes it a lot more fun to watch the games for me so to be in studio is a lot of fun too yeah a little bit's changed since your last visit in March obviously promotion yeah. since since then um but, but you're back with us now you're at the Plymouth game at the weekend and, and another win so you must have really enjoyed the day I enjoyed the day it was, it was wonderful to, to be able to go down and see the the changes you know I'm very blessed because of the work I do with the team I I Got to go down and see the locker room. The new pitch is incredible. I love the the blue border. I think it uh, looks great. Uh, nice to walk on. No mud <laughs> when it rains. Um, but And uh, the fans even grew. I think 29,000 we had. So the, the atmosphere. And, you know, I go to a lot of sporting events in America that 60, 70,000 people, and there's nothing like the feeling of these fans of Portman Road, the, the noise. Uh, yeah, and to scratch out a win is a tough game. You know, Plymouth, good team. Uh, played, they played well. Uh, but uh, I don't want to leave here with uh, no points. So I'm very happy. Yeah. You saw um, the players as well. I know you've met the players again on Friday, hadn't you, at Playford Road. But what was that like being in the dressing room with them uh, before the game? And again, there's been some work done in the dressing room, hasn't there? But there's still the sign. Yeah, yeah, it's wonderful to, to go uh, match day minus one to the training facility. You know, again, uh, very blessed and lucky that not a lot of fans are going to see how they train, how they prepare yeah. for a game. And so to get that behind the scenes look makes it uh, just a little extra special. And then when match day comes, you know, you go down there, but it's it's going to be a little more serious, right? Mm. Uh, it's going to be a little more, little more focused. Um, just a, a quick hello, you know, uh, play well, run towards adversity, just a quick chat and then uh, go down and see him after the game. And then it's 
lot of smiles. But yeah, the dressing room looks great, mm -hmm. uh, uh, and they deserve that. That's part of uh, the reward of promotion, right? Yeah, things get better. They, things get improved, so uh, that's wonderful. And you have said as well that before um, you love your visits to the club, of course, the training ground and Portman Road, but you actually really like Suffolk as well, don't you? What was your pre-match routine on Saturday? Uh, on Saturday, you know, because I stay at a great place, you know, I'm on, on, on Neptune Bay, mm. and I like to get up in the morning, uh, get a cup of coffee, and I like to go out for a walk uh, on the quay, uh, on the boardwalk, uh, the you know, that's what I would call it. I'm yeah. not sure if that's what I'm supposed to call it, but uh, just to go for a walk. Uh, everybody's so kind. Good morning. There's nothing like a morning in Ipswich, no matter what the weather is. And I like cold right now. It's so hot where I live. Uh, so, yeah, I, I did that. And then I came over here uh, just relaxed. Friday was a bit of a, a long day and came over here at noon uh, and, and got started. So I had a good three hours before the game. Just walk around, look around. So I enjoyed every every minute. Yeah, saw so you have a little walk out into the middle of the pitch. Um, oh. That's kind of the calm before the storm, isn't it? That, that the stands were almost empty, but you can sort of hear though the little the little murmurs coming out, fans trickling in. That's a, yeah. that's a great time, I think. That, that might be my favorite part. You know, is uh, first of all for me as a fan to see what the players see. You know, to be on the field on the pitch and. But to look around and think, you know, in about an hour, this place is going to be full and noisy. And right now it's, it's calm before the storm, as you said, peaceful. A lot of the, most of the stands empty. So I took a lot of pictures just kind of looking around. And then when I'm in my seats, it's fun to look around again and, and think, uh, you know, the, just in one hour's time, right? Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, this is what we're here for now. Now we're in the arena and it's time to play. Yeah, if, if that's the calm, you sat next to Mark for the game. I can imagine that's, that's probably not calm. You know, again, I, I know I keep saying this, but I truly am very lucky with when I come here. It's my third trip. So I actually sit in between Mark and Luke. And uh, very different. Uh, love, love them both so much. Wonderful, wonderful individuals. Uh, but yeah, Mark, um, uh, he knows the game, and that's what I love. He, not just a, he's not just a CEO. Mm. He really knows the game. And so I can ask questions as an American who doesn't get exposed to football like it's really meant to be. And, and so I'll have some questions, maybe about an offsides or something simple. Maybe, you know, get a little insight. What, you know, what do you think Kieran's thinking yeah. right now? Um, uh, but uh, no, he's uh, just a gracious host, and it, it it is fun to see, to know who he is, but to see him as a fan too. You know, winning's important, of course, because you you have a responsibility in his position to to the fans, to the owners, to everybody. But he's still a football fan, mm -hmm. and that so it's fun to sit there and you know we're dressed in our suits. But when you know, I don't know if you caught us on camera, but when the goals were scored. Yeah. I mean, we're jumping up, we're hugging, high-fiving, and, uh, and that, so that's a neat thing to, again, you don't see that so much where I'm from. Everybody's very stoic, yeah. very serious, and it's like, you know what, it's a game. Let's, let's cheer. Let's, let's have fun. We're here. And How is it different in other areas as well, uh, Portland Road, to perhaps uh, some games that you've seen in the States? <sighs> you know, I just, uh, 
maybe because football's a little more fat. You know, it's when the first whistle blows, it's forty five minutes and then some additional time. Yeah. But it you go go go, mm-hmm. and a lot of people. I don't think they realize this. Think about an American football game, okay? If you turn that on, it's on TV for three hours. Yeah. They actually play football for about six and a half minutes. The ball's in the air or being run. Yeah. It's constantly preparing a play, whistles being blown, clock being stopped because you went out of bounds. So when you think of that, like, wow, I just watched three hours and the players only played for about six and a half minutes. So you're not constantly cheering back and forth because the ball is moving so much mm-hmm. in in real football, as I now call it over <laughs> here. Uh, so that's the big difference. I think it's a little more. I'm a huge baseball fan. Mm-hmm. And right now I'm loving my Arizona Diamondbacks here in the World Series. So I'm rooting for them. But part of what I love about baseball is it's very relaxing, right? You, you can just sit there with your, your mates and have a drink, uh, a hot dog, whatever, in the stands. And once in a while, something good will happen. You cheer otherwise. But something like this, it's just constant, right? Your heart's... Well, we're both American football fans as well, so we we, we have seen that. But you do have to appreciate the differences in the sport, and you get that in the games in London. I've been to one at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, uh, Wembley Stadium, and and Twickenham, and it's very normal to just walk into the concourse and miss five minutes of the game, isn't it? Because you're getting a drink or you're getting something to eat, and baseball's... I mean, cricket over here is similar to that, but football... It's like, you know, if you're going to go, you literally run into the loo and then you're back in your seat in, in 30 seconds, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. And I made sure before the game and then at halftime, that was the only thing I concentrated on yeah. was uh, take care of any business right now because I'm not, you can't get up yeah. uh, out of your seat. Uh, the, it, the action changes back and forth uh, so quickly. And that's, I think, what I love. Uh, maybe the closest thing we have is hockey. Yeah. You know, hockey's huge in America and of course we're very close to Canada and I know you guys have hockey over here but um, uh, and uh, I want to give a quick shout out to the family of uh, the, the young man uh, who uh, died the other night on the ice uh, he was from Minnesota 29 years old um, Alan and um, yeah blessings to his family just what a the tragedy of sports sometimes uh, you know here we are having fun and something like that happens but uh, yeah, I like the, I do like the the fast pace of this game versus what I'm what I'm used to, and you know I don't I don't go to soccer games as we call it, of course, over there. Um, so to to do this is it's always I feel like once in a lifetime, yeah. and I can't wait now. What what game will I see next? What opponent will I see next? So I'll never forget the three. So far, I've been to three, and we haven't lost. Yeah, so take uh, we'll take that. Yeah. Can't can't break the can't break the good luck. Yeah. Be the lucky charm. You get a great view from the front of the director's <laughs> box where you're sat, but just of the pitch as well. But also you get a great view of Kieran and and the, the coaches and everyone at work, sort of just a few meters down in front of you. That that's a great thing to be able to watch as well. Yeah, it's fun to see the players who are on the bench, maybe waiting to get subbed, to to watch them. Uh, I I really enjoy watching Kieran. Kieran is my type of personality he's very calm no matter what's going on he, he knows things are okay and he knows he knows things that the rest of the fans aren't going to know yeah. uh, and, and so it's fun to kind of watch his mannerisms whereas every game I've been to I see other coaches other managers kind of 
going a little bit crazy, right? Getting a little bit high spirited. And uh, I love to watch Karen and it, it makes me a little calmer. But um, also from that point of view, what I've learned about football, it's fun to see how the chess pieces are moving around. That that That's what has made me fall in love with, with football the way I have, because now I appreciate it. Whereas, you know, in the past, if I watched the World Cup or something, you know, the camera might zoom in on a superstar. Yeah. or And you don't really understand, well, you know, he's looking for somebody on the other side of the pitch. So that's what I want to see is how they're setting up these plays and they're going to get from this third to that third and, and score. Uh, it's, it's, it's a, neat, a neat view. What did you make of the game itself? Because obviously running towards adversity is massive for yourself, it's massive for yeah. the pension fund, it's massive for the football club. And um, things have been going well this year, but had to come up a bit of adversity at the weekend, going behind, battling back, open game. Yeah. Um, displayed all those characteristics in this one. I, I think they, they covered everything. And, you know, they came off of a, a tough win at Bristol, right? Uh, the second half wasn't uh, great. I know I was watching that right before I went to the airport because of the time change. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, I want to I wanna come, come over there on a win. Uh, but it's an away game. Uh, it was tough. Some diversity there. They overcame it, which uh, that's the whole mission, right? You know, last year when I first came, I was here for the first game of the season last year, League One. And it was against Bolton. Uh, I think that resulted in 1-1. Yeah. And, and then came back. I saw the Shrewsbury game, but I was watching on TV, and you're starting to see the the energy's growing and possibly get promoted, getting close. And then all of a sudden, the you know, those final eight, ten games, everything went right. We, yeah. we took care of our business. Uh, some things went right, got the promotion. But now this, I don't want to say it's a surprise because I really think they're proving that this is where this team belongs. And there's no doubt there's another promotion coming Uh you know, I'm not going to say it's this year or next year, but this will be the vision of the of the club is to be a sustainable Premier League team. Yeah. And there's no doubt that they will get there, mm-hmm. especially under the leadership of uh, Mark Ashton. And with Kieran, uh, I think he's the greatest manager anywhere. But what they're doing right now, maybe the second time in history, I was told, that you have a start like this coming off promotion, yeah. 11 out of 13, it's just fun. But when I talk to the players, what I've tried to work with them on these times that I've been here, or even when I'm home and I'll send, you know, messages uh, to their social media and they, all of them will, you know, if I, if I write Sammy something, he writes me back and, you know, so kind, Hey brother, how are you? Uh, Burns, uh, Chaffers, they're, uh, so we talk even when I'm back in the States. Uh, but what they really showed this week, and especially the game I was at, uh, that's something I talk about. So with running toward adversity, overcoming adversity, uh, there's a great quote by Mike Tyson, uh, the greatest boxer we had, right? Well, next to Muhammad Ali, but he would his fights didn't last very long, Mike Tyson, right? <laughs> Uh, but they asked him one time right after a fight, you know, so he's covered in sweat and he's out of breath and the, he had won and the reporter said, what was your plan coming into the fight? And he simply said, everybody has a plan 
till they get punched in the mouth. And that's true in, in everything in life, right? And I saw the, the pregame talks, and the main thing that Plymouth is good at, mm. they came out and did it. Yeah. I mean, that, that strike from that spot to the spot in the net, textbook perfect. There's not a goalkeeper who could have stopped that. Yeah. Credit to Plymouth. Um, no doubt the best player on the pitch on the day was our goalkeeper. Mm. Uh, no doubt. I mean, we could have we could have lost five to two easily. He he had so many great saves, but they came out and they got punched in the face very quickly, and then you know get the the tying goal maybe six minutes before the half. So can re and now you can reset. And and I knew once they had that when I came down and did the the pitch side interview with you, Jacob, yeah. that I felt, you know, okay, now it's a 0-0 game for 45 minutes, and we got it, no problem. And it sure seemed like it, but then they got that second goal. Whew, that's the one that I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Come yeah. on. Uh, I think it's a good job you weren't at Charlton last season then. <laughs> yeah, it, I was like, 3-1 is comfortable, and there's not, I kept looking at the clock. And, you know, as a fan, and I flew over here from Arizona, I don't really want the game to end, but when you get up 3-1, you're like, okay, hurry, you know, yeah. can the clock go a little faster? And then they scored that goal, and then all of a sudden you had to clamp down again until the final whistle blew. So they did, they showed a little bit of, little bit of everything. Didn't play their best, nobody right. is gonna argue that, but to still get a win against a very, I know Plymouth is lower on the table, and. Seeing them in person, that shocks me. I, I, I mean, that, that is a good football team. A lot of talent, a lot of good players, and quality coach. So to get that win, get that three points, uh, was, was really good. And what will they take from that mentally, Jason? Just looking at perhaps the Bristol City game and Plymouth, because the manager and the players have come out and said, you know, admitted they haven't been our best performances of the season. So to get maximum return from those two games, what does that say? And also you highlight um, Vaz on Saturday making big saves at the moment. And in another game, that'll be Chappers scoring a really good goal or Hursty providing a great assist. They know they've got each other's backs, don't they? Exactly. And that's, that's what makes a team a team. You got to know, it doesn't matter. You know, I was in law enforcement. I had to know that if I was in trouble, if I wasn't having my best day, if I was feeling all the things we feel, a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of fear, or, or feeling like I was a little bit off, I knew somebody had my back. I knew I was gonna be safe and we're gonna go home with a win. Doesn't matter, you know, the game of life or the game of football. But I think what those two wins, it is important for a team, anybody can be successful yeah. when things are going perfect, right? If if every player is having a great day and everything that the manager told them all week to do, they're doing it, anybody can be successful. It's when things are not going great, when you might uh, miss a pass by one yard and it causes a turnover, when you have an opportunity very close. Like early on, I mean, I, I give Hursty a lot of credit. He had a really good chance in the first couple of minutes to set the tone and just... It didn't go in, but then he came back later and did score uh, an incredible goal yeah. for us. So when you can, uh, what, I, what we would call it in America, when you can win ugly mm -hmm. like that, what you take home 
is the comfort of knowing, you know, nothing can stop us. We, we don't even have to be at our best, and we're still going to be the best on the pitch that day. And pretty soon it, it is going to start clicking, right? Yeah. And then the it'll be much smoother sailing. But So I think these two wins this week, I'm glad those games happened. I'm glad there was adversity. I'm glad that they didn't win 6-0 yeah. or dominate. They they need a couple games like this to to set the tone. And right now there's a lot of football. I mean, good Lord, you got the, the Caribou Cup. You got the, the Rotherham game being rescheduled because of the, the rain cancellation. Uh, you know, the physical and mental toll that it takes to play that much football, I can, I could, I mean, I could not even imagine doing it and traveling. I think after the Caribou Cup, both games are away. So two away games in four days. And the points are important. So all the, all the best players have to step up and be ready again uh, in a quick, quick turnaround. So those games were, I think, when the season at the end, if the success continues, this is the week they'll look back on and say, this is why. Because we, we knew no matter what, we would uh, get through the adversity. Funding your business doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to take weeks. It doesn't need to involve your bank. At Fleximize, we believe there's a different way to do things. We take the hassle out of finance, so you can get on with what you do best, running your business. Think of us as your trusty sidekick with the power to boost your business with fast, flexible loans built for you. Visit us at Fleximize.com or call our Ipswich office on 01473 208 108. Fleximize. Business finance done properly. Adversity is obviously a massive word. Fans will know your involvement in the club and how how that's come about at this point. But can can you tell us maybe about what you've seen off the pitch change at the club as well as on? Well, I... First of all, a credit to Mark Ashton for you know running toward adversity. Uh, I love that that was his mantra. That's his his call to service uh, because we're all in service of somebody yeah. and the players. I I think I have a little different perspective on professional athletes because a lot of fans just will see them no matter what, where they're playing, no matter what country, no matter what sport, they just think. Oh, what lucky people who get paid a lot of money and get adored by fans and get to play a game every day. What you, you don't see is the behind the scenes mm-hmm. that, you know, don't forget these are just people. They, I mean, Chaffers just had a baby two weeks ago. Yeah. How tired do you think he is? I mean, the baby's not sleeping all night, right? His wife, uh, thankfully, is healthy. Mm-hmm. But he, he had that on his mind. Uh, everybody has... There, there are things. Walking over here this morning, I, I'm walking down uh, the boardwalk, and Massimo walks by me, yeah. and I almost fell over. I said, "What are you doing?" And he said, oh, "I just brought the train back from London." And I, I said, "You just, you just walk around." Like I'm not used to that, right? Yeah. That doesn't happen. And, and he said, "Yeah, I was, I was with family, and I took the train back." And it's just a nice reminder. It's just a, just a guy, right? It's just a he just happens to be good at football and he plays at a high level, but he still has stuff off the pitch that you don't want to 
lose sight of. So adversity is not, it's everywhere in everybody's lives. And then you have to bring in, once the game starts, adversity comes. It's easy to look at me, right, and say, okay, Jason was uh, injured. Uh, he was burned very badly. I'm, I'm disfigured. I have scars. And so it's a lifetime of adversity. But adversity can be for five seconds. You, you know, again, you made a bad pass. Yeah. They scored a goal. They scored a quick goal. The game plan has changed. You know what we're doing, how we're doing it, who's getting subbed in, who's who's getting subbed out, and it. You know, in that ninety minutes, you could have fifty things that jump up, and it's still adversity. And I would what I try to get to, through to the players is don't ever compare. No matter what you hear in the the papers or from the fans, don't read stuff on social media. Most of it's good. I mean, your fans are incredible. But like in America, yeah. it's brutal what, what people will say. And you can't get caught up, any of us, in comparing. Don't be standing on the field going, well, at least I don't look like Jason. At least I don't have that adversity. You know, that's not going to help you yeah. win your game or do your job. You have to embrace your challenge right now and overcome it and there's plenty more waiting for you you know there's plenty more storms that are coming your way but uh so when I, i'm watching them play i'm thinking about both sides of it you know they they came from their family they're going home to their family and for right now they've got the weight of all all of suffolk on them they've got the weight of mark ashton's expectations of kieran's expectations yeah and the fans in the in the stands, that's a that's a lot, and so I feel like I can relate to an athlete because I give them the respect of that. I know you're a normal person with adversity, but the other thing I want to add to them is a huge part of my recovery process, especially in the early days when I was really, really sick and. L I didn't have uh, really anything to look forward to. As an example, my Diamondbacks are in the World Series right now. Well, in 2001, when I got hurt, was their only other time being in the World Series, and they won it. And to get lost in that was, even my wife gave an interview and said, that's when she knew I was going to be okay. Yeah. And so what I've told these players is, you don't know 29,000 people in the stands minus the, the 800 that came from with the other team. Yeah. But, <clears throat> excuse me, all of our fans, they're going through something. And for these 90 minutes, you bring people joy. You give them hope. You give them something to cheer for before they go back home to their, uh, their adversity. They could have just come from a funeral the day before as as even a member of this club did right mm -hmm. this week you you don't know always what's going on but don't ever forget you were once a little kid watching somebody play a game and you cheered for them and you uh you wanted to be them well now you have that same thing and what a beautiful opportunity yeah 
you wouldn't want to go out into the pitch and play on an empty, empty stance, right? You wouldn't have the motivation. You probably wouldn't have the, the same speed in your legs. It's, it's the roar of the crowd. It's, that's what gives you a reason to score a goal, get three points, is because the stadiums are, are full. So I think, the, and I think you can see the, like, oh, that's a, yeah, that's a great reminder. And that's why I love working with uh, professional athletes. And I, you know, this is the most work I've ever done with a professional team. I've, I've done some talks to a few teams in America, but they're, you know, quick, one hour, never see them again. This, I'm part of the family, I feel like. So I get a, a lot of opportunity to I, hopefully make an impact. And, uh, and I get a lot out of it too. Mm. You know how much I love it here. How big do you think that is, uh, Jason? You have a, a fantastic relationship uh, with the players. How big is it that the fans do as well? And, and it, it is highlighted here that when you sign for Ipswich Town, you're expected to be, <clears throat> excuse me, a good footballer. Mm. You're expected to be a good person as well. And yeah. that's something that Mark very much believes in, that Kieran believes in, every staff member uh, believes in. And what does that do to a football club when you have a really positive relationship with the fan base? Because they don't just see Connor Chapman scoring goals or, or uh, Cameron Burgess making tackles. They see people that they genuinely like doing that, don't they, on the pitch? Yeah. I, you know, I think the old saying, it, it takes a village to raise a child, mm. it is sort of fitting in the sense that the child is... is the wins. The child is the the promotion. The child is uh, being at the top of your league. However you want to look at it, but it takes the everybody in the front office. It takes everybody in the the media department. It takes everybody in the the sports training and therapy. It takes everybody who's making the food uh, at the training facility for these players. The the groundskeeper again, beautiful, tragic story with uh that people probably don't even know about uh just losing his wife recently yeah. and i met him the other day he was there with his young daughter he came back to work yeah. but he had to bring his daughter to work because and so you get these reminders that it, it takes everybody and the fans are such a part of that so there might be a team quote unquote on the pitch but the team is the the entire community that is just kind of one heartbeat. And if you look at the unsuccessful places, you will find huge gaps in that where you don't have the support of, you know, take away one key ingredient and uh, it can fall apart pretty easy. Uh, Ipswich, I love that they're the only team in Suffolk. They're, so the fans are gonna be wonderful. They've gone through a lot of down years, of course, uh, what they would call down years, uh, with relegation down to League One for, I think, five years they were in League One before this promote. I don't think we'll ever see League One again. I really believe that. it's, uh, And they're a part of that. Yeah. You know, they're a part of, like, they can remember why they kept cheering, why they kept buying the shirts, why they kept buying tickets, and what Mark and everybody have done with these players. You're right. When you sign with Ipswich, you are expected to be a good footballer, but you're also expected to be a member of this community. And you, I know a lot of these players come from a lot of different places. They're not all uh, from right here in Ipswich or Suffolk. Yeah. And you can feel 
the love that they have for this. They, they don't want to be anywhere else. Mm. That's, that's pretty powerful. Yeah. What's the rest of your visit here been like? There's obviously been talks with younger players, talks with staff. You'll have met yeah. some of the new players, I guess. Jack Taylor, maybe Amari Hutchinson, Brandon Williams. Um, yeah. For the first time, um, yeah. what's that been like? Uh, exciting to meet new players, uh, you know, and to see to see them up close and understand why they were brought in with the promotion at this level. Because it definitely got a lot <laughs> more difficult, right? The talent uh, and. Yeah, the, the young, I love hearing the stories. Uh, again, this sport is different than anything. They, they start so young, they're, they're developed and identified so young. And to have like Amari come from Chelsea uh, and then to see him up close at the training ground and wonderful, wonderful young man. But the talent, ooh, be fun yeah. to, gonna be fun to follow. Uh, but they just fold right in to the, you know, the, the, the guys who were here last year. And yeah, to be able to talk to them, make you know, when they first see me, they're probably like, "What does he have to do with?" Mm -hmm. And then I get to share my story and uh, uh, working with the younger, the U21s, the U18s, uh, doing workshops on grit, resilience, and and trying to talk to them about just life and football because not all of them, you know, my son, baseball player, yeah, in college, well, he's not going to play in the major leagues. Everybody wants to, but that's not realistic. Mm. Uh, and to talk to these younger kids and say, look, I know you want to play in a World Cup someday or you want to play uh, on the first team, but you know, maybe one or two of you will. The rest of you, at some point, the game will tell, tells all of us when it's time to, to be done. And then there's still the rest of your life to get through. And these are young people who don't yet have families. They don't yet have children. They don't yet have the full career of knowing what they're going to be doing for, uh, you know, it's easy as a young person to only be able to see uh, a short term, maybe next year. Yeah. You, but, you know, I, I turn 51 next week, and 30 years ago I would have said, oh, I'm going to be a police officer still, and then I'm going to retire, and I'm going to ride off into the sunset because it's easy, right? Yeah. But back to the... We all have a plan till we get punched in the face. What are you gonna do with it when that comes? And so I love to be able to talk to, to that age group, that generation, and at least try to open their minds to uh, start to build their resilience muscle now. Because when those storms come, when the injuries come, when the, Kieran, I use him as an example all the time. I think he's an incredible manager, and I think everybody here would agree. Mm. They're, they're thankful for him, and he's doing what he's meant to be doing. He's excellent at it. But do you think he wanted his career to end when it did, how it did? Because he was a very talented footballer, and it ended because of injury at a young age. But he turned it into incredible success, and now he's a father and a husband, mm. and we're all grateful that his life has taken the path it did because it brought him to where he is today. So you just got to keep going no matter what. I was going to say, uh, Jason, it was, <clears throat> excuse me, we've spoken a lot about the football club. Of course we will. It's the official Ipswich Town podcast. You have a great relationship with us, but let's 
hear a little bit about you. You've got your birthday's coming up. Yeah. Um, I know you love your golf. The <laughs> baseball World Series is happening. What's the next few weeks looking like? Yeah, a lot of good things. You know, yesterday my youngest son turned 21. Yeah. Which I talked to him last night, and he was—he's just so proud. What a what a what a milestone uh, in a young man's life to turn 21. Yeah. Uh, in America, he can finally go into a pub yeah. and buy his own pint, show his ID, um, and he had just got done with a, a scrimmage baseball game because baseball is a spring sport. They but they had a uh, inner squad scrimmage, yeah. and him and his girlfriend were going out to a nice dinner, and uh, I'm leaving here. Uh, going to Indianapolis, I have three three speeches in two days, so my career is is going very well. Uh, there's nothing I love more than being a public speaker. And then I'll go home. Uh, my birthday is November third. I'll be 51, which is just so wild. That, like I, I still feel like I'm in my 20s. Like how in the world? It, it, it's true. Don't blink. Life goes by so quick. But be able to celebrate at home with my wife. Uh, I still have one child. Uh, my middle son lives in Arizona, yeah. so I'll spend my birthday with them and then uh, continue my work and continue watching. I'll look forward to watching the game next week. Yeah. And uh, each and every, for me, it's easy. I get up at 7 a.m., get a cup of coffee, and I get to watch the game, right? I don't have to wait till 3 p.m. You got a pre-match ritual? Uh, Do you have that? Well, no, because it's so early. I just wake up, <laughs> get a cup of coffee. I'm still in my pajamas, <laughs> but I sit down in my office my computer and you know I'm probably even more lively at home uh, my wife laughs at me because uh, you, you know when they when they score a goal and I'm at home I'm yelling and screaming uh, I don't even know if my neighbors can hear me but I get I get just as excited at home as I do here in the stands so that's what the next few weeks will be and uh, and just knowing that uh, we had our own family tragedy last last time I was here was February mm. on April 5th my brother-in-law died in a tragic, random accident, uh, simply fell off of a ladder. And uh, two daughters, my sister, who uh, one of the most incredible women in my life, I love her very much. Uh, so they, they've been suffering uh, the, that unexpected. And that's what, I, that's what I spend my life doing, is talking about overcoming adversity and you just never know. So when you ask me something like, what do the next few weeks hold? Uh, I hope they hold what I have on my calendar. Yeah. Okay, I'm going here, I'm doing this, I'm gonna have my birthday, but uh, as we know, life can change uh, in a heartbeat and I'm uh, prepared for that at all times, kind of on guard, and then when it happens, how are we gonna respond to it? How are we gonna react to it? Like, you know, you've heard me say this, life is 10% what happens, it's 90% how you react to it, and we do have that uh, our human spirit is so resilient. It's it's so resilient, and uh, you got to find the phoenix inside of you, and uh, so that's what I, I spend my time doing. I will get a few rounds of golf now that the weather in Phoenix is finally under a hundred degrees. Good Lord, where I live is just so hot. Uh, but now we're coming into those months that we remember. Oh, this is why I live here. Yeah. You know, weather's perfect. It. it it won't rain. It's just everyday blue sky, sunshine. So I'll play golf as much as I can. Still enjoy that. And uh, just going about my days. Jason, you've got a packed schedule before you, you head back to, to Indianapolis. Um, but is there a date in the diary for your next visit? Do you know when we're going to see you again? Uh, no, but I can tell you 
that I wanted to be as soon as possible. You know, if I could, uh, I'd come every week. But obviously, that's not realistic with uh, a nine, ten hour flight and the seven, eight hour time change. But I do think I'll be back uh, in the spring sometime again. You know, if that's February, March, April, I don't, I don't know yet. Uh, Will uh, it's when the team I think needs it. Yeah. When Mark Ashton says, you know, this will be a good time. Kieran says, this would be a good time. And in the meantime, I know you'll have, what, what was it a week ago, Ed Sheeran? Yeah. Was that a game? Is that right there? there well, that's yeah. awesome. All right. Um, but I think this club, you know, is surrounded by a lot of great supporters that get, don't have an opportunity to come to every single game. But when they do, it, it's that much more meaningful. So and could the next I'll visit be, be with the family? Oh, I, my wife very much wants to come over here. I can tell you my youngest son, who just turned 21, probably the athlete in him, he's very jealous. Yeah. You know, he sees my pictures and he sees what I get to do. And he's like, oh, dad, you're so lucky. And he wants to come. So there's going to be a time. And I want my family to feel this family. I want them to understand. You know, I'll go home with all these stories and I'll be so energetic and and full of love when I when I'm telling them but and I hope they can feel a little bit of what I'm trying to explain but they weren't here and I keep telling them you gotta come my wife's a school teacher so it's not always easy in the season yeah. to be gone for seven or nine days but I think on my next trip I won't come, I won't be coming alone that that time that it, would be amazing it's time to bring yeah. yeah it's time to get my family introduced to my second family Jason, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for giving up your time and thank you for being such an important part of our family. And yeah. um, look forward to seeing you and all of your family soon. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Thank you to Jason and thank you all for listening. I think it's pretty clear that Jason has taken Ipswich Town to his heart just as we have with him. If you like this episode, please make sure you subscribe. We're on all major podcast platforms and you can go back now and listen to a range of special interviews, including guests such as Vaclav Hladky, coaches Lee Grant and Charlie Turnbull, and Ipswich's very own heavyweight champion, Fabio Wardley. There's also a special two-parter celebrating the club's 145th anniversary, where Matt Holland is joined by a host of legends for a fascinating chat about the history of Ipswich Town. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode. (laughs) 